So, what do you guys think? Ancient Mayan temple off the beaten path. I want to go. I'm in. This feels weird, Jeff. Why won't they come near us? Wow. It's beautiful. Welcome to the Ghouls Magazine podcast, a podcast that looks at horror through the female perspective. I'm your host today, Zoe. This May, we are looking at nature through the lens of horror. So think your eco-horror films like Ben Wheatley's In the Earth, your big creature feature films like one of my favourites, Lake Placid, which features a huge fuck-off alligator, which is a big note from me. Or perhaps parasitic fungi, like in the recent TV series, The Last of Us. Or our film for today, which is going to be The Ruins. So before I introduce my guest for today, if you want more nature-themed horror this month, plus bonus podcast episodes and extra content every single month, then you can sign up to our Ghouls membership. It's just $4.99 a month. You get the good stuff and you help to keep us alive. So enough of my ramblings. Today I have the pleasure uh, of being joined by one of my inspirations when it comes to all things spooky, gaming, and I think anything that just seems generally cool. Ash Melman, how are you? Ah, I'm good, thank you. Zoe, that was a nice introduction. You're my inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get ghouly. I know, it's been a while, so I'm very excited to have you back. Um, Before we get started, for anyone, and I mean, I feel like everyone should know you, and if they're listening, they don't, I'm already upset, but (laughs) for anyone that doesn't know you, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I work for PlayStation Access at the moment. That is my like full-time job where I talk about games and put a specific light on horror in particular, horror on PlayStation. Um, outside of that, I'm a bit of a content creator here and there. I voice, um, I voice voices on the No Sleep podcast uh, and I stream as well on Twitch doing horror game coverage over there. I used to work for What Culture Horror where I set up that uh, branch, the horror branch specifically, um, where we talked about all things horror, books, films, TV shows, games, everything all over on there. So yeah, it's been a very spooky existence <laughs> on the internet. I love that. Well, I mean, any internet experience seems to be quite spooky, doesn't it, most days? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have been um, doing some really cool stuff uh, across horror and across different kind of things. Is there anything that you've been particularly working on at the moment like what have you been busy on so at the moment it's mostly a bit the streaming is the new thing so going over to twitch and setting up like a horror game specific streaming thing which is going really well and i'm really enjoying it so yeah that's been the, that's been the main thing i have a couple of of other projects bubbling away at the moment as well which i'm really excited to talk about eventually but they're they're very very small at the moment but watch this space there is another fun thing coming out that i'm going to be making with a pal soon 
I cannot wait to find out more. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. like as content creators, um, we always end up in that kind of, I, I am working on things I just can't talk <laughs> about yet. It's like, mm, feels like from the outside that really we're not, we're not doing fuck all, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, please, I am, I swear, <laughs> sitting in bed playing vampire survivors endlessly. Like, it's work. Priorities. <laughs> so our theme for this month is nature. Um, the reason being that, you know, spring is supposedly here in the UK. The weather is, mm -hmm. it's debatable um, at the <laughs> moment. I would like to know a bit more about your thoughts on kind of nature in horror um, and this mm -hmm. kind of, you know, particular subgenre, whether you like it, what you think about it. Yeah, sure. So my, I think my favourite kind of subgenre of horror is, Oh, it's it's either like monster horror or fan footage horror. So when those two come together, it's like the best thing on on earth. Like I love a good creature feature, and I feel like creature features tie into nature and natural horror really like specifically because it's usually something that's born of the idea of eco horror, where it's this massive monster coming out to kind of take revenge from other nature, or it's something that's been hidden to the world that they've stumbled across and found, and it's something that has existed all this time, and humans are like, oh my god, that's really scary, I can't believe we've freed this monster. Um, but the the core of it, for me, is kind of, it's stuff like The Ruins, it's stuff like The Happening, it's stuff like Long Weekend, where nature fights back uh, and is, and like, establishes dominance and like the last of us as well definitely kind of ties into that um and yeah i love it i love it i love all all forms of this sort of thing because it's just really nice to see a moralistic tale in horror that you can get behind like it is that kind of sense of of filmmakers proving a point but yeah i just I, it's a good point it's a good it's a fair point it's a salient point like i'm here for it like let the plants eat people <laughs> Uh, yeah you're completely right it's kind of like you can get behind mother nature as a as a brutal yeah. killer but anyone else it's like mm, I'm not quite sure about that there is something <laughs> yeah. quite nice about it and I think as well when when I started looking into it um as kind of you know thinking of it as a subgenre, I noticed there's kind of like so many branches of it like you mentioned you mm. know creature features you have like arachnophobia which could tie into yeah. it there's so many different elements to it which makes it quite like complex in it's it's almost mm. like the inception of subgenres at, at some point <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I love the the branches there by the way it's a nice little pun there's so many branches of horror hey I just you know wordsmith you know how it is <laughs> <laughs> um and why do you think there's such a strong correlation I guess between nature as a setting or you know natural elements and horror yeah I think it is definitely from that that moralistic viewpoint of of um being like an eco worry you know what I mean like I feel <laughs> like it's that kind of it's people sending that message of we need to look after our planet or it's going to start fighting back because that's the scary part but I also think it's because it's everywhere nature's everywhere you go outside you see a lovely bit of greenery a lot of people find that quite calming and relaxing and horror is there to challenge those kind of preconceptions and say what if the tree eats you? That's that's scary. What what if there's loads of monsters living in the tree that you didn't think about? What if you go into an old ruin and everything's bad there? Or you find a cave and it's full of monsters that have evolved over the years that you've never seen before. <laughs> like the descent, because I have to bring that up every time I talk about horror, always. Um, I think it's very much like it, it's it's the common denominator between all of us. All of us have an experience with 
nature with seeing something that's uh kind of shocking surprising or or inspiring as well like maybe it's a massive tree or maybe it's a really beautiful flower or like a butterfly that looks insane and you're like wow that's that's so cool and then horror can dig into that and make you go oh my god yeah that's really unnerving with putting terrifying aspects on top of it yeah definitely and uh I love what you're talking about there kind of um you know lots of different elements to it and its correlation with how I guess, you know, nature can be so beautiful and then at the same yeah. time so dangerous. You know, I used to be very into um, like animal magazines and I was yes. always like, <laughs> oh, they're so cute. And then one issue my grandma gave me and I opened it and I had a bird eating spider as like Ooh. the double page spread. <sighs> and I was like, do you know what? No, I don't ever want to look at a nature magazine again. I'm done. <laughs> Oh my God, that's exactly it though, isn't it? I feel like so many phobias are born from natural things as well. Yeah. Like I am a little thalassophobic, like big open water spaces mm. definitely spark some sort of primal fear in me. And it is that sense of like, it's hardwired into us to be scared of these things uh, to to survive, like the hunter-gatherer days to come around to it. And, you know, a big spider, you see it, you're like, ew, that's disgusting because your body is designed to go, ah, that thing can bite me and kill me. Let me get away from it. So it's definitely, definitely part of that and, and wiring into those moments as well. Um, but a bird eating spider is just, that's awful. I hate it. Thank you. It's not the one. It is not the one. Um, <laughs> have you, talking about experiences with nature and phobias, have you ever had any slightly spooky encounters with nature yourself? Anything that's, I guess, scared the shit out of you, basically? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I have a really stupid one for the, uh, maybe two. I but the the stupidest one <laughs> is we were walking back. Me and my family were walking back. I used to live in uh, an area that had like fields and was a bit of the countryside. And we were walking back. Took a shortcut through a farmer's field to get back to our house. And it was a field full of horses. And we used to go there and feed the horses. And you stroke them on the head. They were like super tame, super calm. But on this one day. And might I say it was Easter day. So we had chocolate eggs on us. We uh, were walking through on this holiest of days and the horses were super riled up. I don't know what was up with them, but they were just like running around the field, like doing their thing. And we were like, okay, cool. We're just going to walk past. They're not going to bother us. And they got so agitated about us being in this field. They were like running at us, but like running as, as fast as possible and then turning at the last possible minute, like trying to get close and then running away. It was really weird because like I'd never had that experience with horses before. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? So we ended up having to try and like run through this field, like a proper like action commando movie to get out of there because these horses kept like dive bombing us. And in the end, my mom had like this stash of cream eggs that we'd got that we were trying to take home. And she was like, I'm too scared. I'm going to throw a cream egg and see if that helps. So she was like <laughs> lobbing cream eggs into the field as like distraction technique. That's amazing. Uh, and the horses were like actually going and sniffing them and stuff. So she was like, oh, get the cream eggs out of here. So she was lobbing them everywhere. And we managed to jump over the stile and escape um, in one piece. But that was like the silly one. And the other one was also me bothering animals in a field, which was um, my my cousins, again, lived somewhere really rural uh, and it was near a farm. So they used to go and play on the farm and see the animals. They took me over to see the sheep and they were really agitated. I obviously have this effect on animals, like they obviously hate me. But I went into this field with the sheep and it's like it was literally I think about it sometimes because it was like a dream. It was like I was walking towards these sheep 
And suddenly they all came towards me like the flock. And I was like, oh, shepherd. And <laughs> instead of like anything happening, they just surrounded me and then split down the middle. And it was going up a slight hill. And at the top was a ram. And he was looking down on me from this hill with the sun shining down and all these sheep like either side. Oh, wow. Nothing happened. I didn't get attacked by a ram before. Just in case that sounds like he's going to come and headbutt me. He didn't come after me. But it was like this, honestly, this perfect painted moment where I was like, Ooh, I need to get out of this field because these <laughs> sheep are going to come after me. Uh, they've they've shown me the ram, and now I must leave. What did you do to all these animals? <laughs> I don't know. I've obviously just got really bad vibes. Like I'm just going. They're like, oh, get her out. To be fair, those both sound actually very terrifying. Like face on yeah. with the horses or the sheep. It's not the one. God. <laughs> I know. It's because they're so big and powerful as well. Even a sheep. Like imagine a sheep coming out. You go, I'd be scared. Like they look fluffy, but there's muscle under there. There's muscle. Yeah. I reckon they could be nasty little bastards, you know. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Have you got any uh, nature stories? Mine, one of mine is actually very similar to yours. We... Yeah. When um, we went camping, so where I lived near us, there was a big woodland area. I mean, it's still there. It's beautiful. Um, and we went camping there. And you're not really meant to go camping there, but, you know, we did anyway. Um, and we were in the tent and we start hearing, like, all of this really, like, loud noises going really fast. And we're like, what the fuck is that? Um, and we get really paranoid. So we're like, fuck it, let's leave the tent and run back to the car. But it's pitch black and we have no idea where the car is. So we're kind of just like fumbling around running. And then we just see all these like little lights suddenly come up. Um, mm. And something's just started running at us in the dark. And all we can see is like these little light eyes just pegging it towards us. Uh, we started running and we're all screaming. We ran off in different directions. We managed to kind of find a car. We take like a breather and then we go back out and have a look. And it was just like two deers running around. Oh my God. But in the panic <laughs> of it, it was like, it felt like there was millions. Yeah. And every, like, the sounds were super heightened. So we were like, oh my God, they're like surrounded us. We had no idea what it was. <laughs> Oh my, that's terrifying because they're little reflective eyes in the dark as yeah. well. You'd be like, what the hell? Yeah, that was exactly it. And I think at the time it was, I think we were probably around 17 and we all smoked weed as well, which means, <laughs> you know, that probably didn't help the situation at all. But yeah, we never went camping after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair I think I like thinking of camping just in general is like my worst nightmare I can't stand the thought of being in a tent <laughs> and open to the wilderness like I need a I need a hotel room I need a bed I need a like waterworks that function properly no deer coming after me no deer no sheep no horses just you know yeah. nice bougie hotels I completely agree <laughs> <laughs> So our film today is The Ruins, which is from 2008. This was your choice, Ash. So do you want mm. to give a short synopsis of the film? Yeah, sure. So it is about a group of American tourists in Mexico who stumble across a friend that they make at their little hotel resort who offers to take them out to a Mayan ruin for the day that is off the beaten track, completely unknown by anyone and untouched by other tourist antics. So they all agree to go there. And once they get there and walk upon the Mayan ruin, 
uh, a bunch of villagers come out and, uh, and they can't understand them because they're speaking another language, but they're like, stay away, stay away, uh, is the vibe. And they run up the top of the, the ruin and then that's where the, the, the horror takes place. They're at the top of the ruin. Lots of nasty stuff goes down, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Uh, it turns out that the... Well, I'm, go- I'm going to do the spoilers. I'm going to do Absolutely. Spoilers they're coming. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they're at the top of the... Uh, the the ruin it turns out that the plants are alive and wanting to eat the people and infect them up there which is why these villagers have tried to keep people away for so long is because they know that the nature part of the the ruin is evil basically and there's all sorts of nasty sequences it is a brutal film uh tour guide uh, tries to go into the ruin falls breaks his back and then they've got to try and take him up which is honestly one of the most grimace inducing scenes ever. People get cuts and wounds and the vines try and worm their way into their legs and their bodies to kind of take control or just fester and grow. Who knows? It's doing its own thing. Uh, The plants have like replication abilities where they can kind of make noises that sound like the other things. So they keep thinking they're hearing a phone ring where actually it's, it's this sentient being just taking the mick out of them. Um, And it all ends with, in the theatrical ending, it all ends with one character making it out and driving off into the distance, scot-free. But they have been touched by the plant, so who knows? Yeah, I just want to say that, one, that was a great synopsis. And two, thank you for choosing this film, because yes, it is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you would like it, like because it's just it's just it's really mean spirited and I know you like an extreme film it's really mean spirited and it doesn't shy away from the bits where there are gore like it just goes full in with the leg cut in oh yes it was nasty I Mm. I mean we'll go into some of those as you mentioned some of those more um graphic scenes but yeah I was like oh wow this was not the film I was expecting it to be so when like what's your experience with this film when did you first see it Man, I actually don't remember when I first saw it. I know it came out in 2008, um, but I watched a lot of, like, just any sort of horror film with my dad uh, in the, the, the 2010s. So I think I must have watched it a few years after it came out. And it was just kind of like a throwaway, put something on for the evening. But it stuck with me. It's one of those films that's always kind of stuck with me. Um and I've revisited it a lot since. Like, whenever it gets to summer, I'm always in the mood to watch The Ruins because it's just, like, you don't get a lot of sunshine horror, whereas this one's, like, super bright. It's blue skies. It's hot. You don't really get dark sequences unless they are in the ruin or kind of, like, talking a little bit at night. It's all it's all about the kind of the horror of, of being in, in the open wilderness. Um, and I always think about it when it gets to summer. I'm like, yeah, it's time to watch someone break their back and get their legs cut off. Get it on. <laughs> that is the summer vibe right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot girl summer. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love that you um I love that you watch this one with your dad, because I feel like my dad would this is the kind of film that me and my dad would like to watch together yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, this was a this was a first time watch for me. I had briefly heard about it but I don't think I feel like it was just one that I was like "Mm, vines Mm. you know I was like it's gonna be (laughs) shit um and I think that some of the poster artwork is not like as a 
actually, no, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I just let slip my radar, clearly. I was watching, you know, some <laughs> nasty shit on repeat. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was really well-paced. Like you said, you mm. know, it's quite bleak. Um, it's really gory in places. And yeah. like you said, there's kind of the back break. There's other bits. There were bits in here where I wanted to look away. And usually I'm Ooh. fine. I was like, I'm not feeling this <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a super cool film. Yes, I, I think you're definitely right on the pacing as well. Because the beginning is almost like too fast, but in a good way. Because you you know the setup. You know the setup of a bunch of like kind of, I, I say teens, but they're more like young adults because they're talking about like college and being students and stuff. So there's they're these young adults kind of all coming together, having this holiday. And you know something bad's going to happen to them. So it's just like, boom, 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 let's get there. Uh, so it's like all all of the the preambles done. They're on top of this ruin within the, the first 20 minutes. And you're like, OK, right. There's just going to be a nice stretch of nastiness to come now. Let's spend a lot of time with that. Yeah, the I would say kind of like the velocity of the film, like it's pretty almost the entirety of it is action in a sense, isn't mm. it? Like you said, you know, the first segment of the film, we barely have any time with the characters. So I found that quite interesting because we're almost thrown in with the characters um, kind of, you know, immediately looking at their survival skills, how they cope mm. um, in that setting. But I did think they did quite a good job um, adding kind of little pieces of dialogue and body language between, because obviously we have four um, characters who are two sets of couples. You have Jeff um, and Amy, and then you have Stacy and Eric. And I really liked kind of like the group dynamics and then kind mm. of like the single uh, relationship dynamics as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I'm, I was literally just having a moment there because I was like, ah, Sean Ashmore, he's such a good guy. Like in my head, just thinking about him. I like any <laughs> film with Sean Ashmore in. I think I'm I, I like I'm flashing back, and I think we watched this because it had Sean Ashmore in, <laughs> and I I liked X Men so much because he's like ice boy or something in that isn't he yeah uh ice man i don't know the icy boy he does ice things <laughs> and i think that actually might be why we watched it is because sean ashmore was in it so that was just a sorry just got taken out of my my body for a second <laughs> then thinking about that um but yeah for sure <laughs> yeah sean ashmore um i think actually i think as well you've got jenna malone in here like a couple of recognizable yes. faces especially for like the 2000s right they're very to me, like 2000s yeah. characters and actors. Oh, 100%. And Jenna Malone as well, another oh, another angel. I forget that she's in this. And then you watch it back and you're like, oh, Jenna Malone. And she talks so differently than she does in any other film. Um, Like her like high-pitched kind of, oh, Jeff voice. <laughs> I'm like, Jenna, what's going on? Yeah, I am not sure where that came from. But it seems to, yeah. it fits for, you know, the purpose, I guess. Um, mm. One question I did want to ask you, so this film is based on a novel um, by the same name. I was wondering, have you read the book at all? I have it right here oh, with me. Nice. I literally have it next to me, <laughs> but I haven't read it yet. I, I've got it. It's so beaten up. The pages are peeling because I've taken it so many places and thought I'm going to read that and haven't got around to it. But this is going to be the summer that I do. So the answer is no, but I, I do have it and it is my intent to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't realise it was a book. Um, 
but I'm also gonna buy myself a copy and and read the book because yeah. I've heard that there's some differences um between the plot lines and how the characters kind of develop so I'm keen to know about that um yeah I think the ending's quite different as well from what I've seen from a brief glance I didn't want to look too much into it because I thought oh well I'll have that fresh but I'm pretty sure there's like there's different um people who do different things there's different people who make it through different scenarios so it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in the book yeah exactly um and in the film so in terms of kind of how the film plays out we obviously have uh, a setup with you know our killer is of course the nature element which are the vines um which do some quite quite disgusting uh things to the human bodies <laughs> but we also have this element of um the mayan ruins and you know kind of the village and the people in the community there i've seen a few people mention that this is kind of talking about like tourism culture do you feel mm-hmm. like that's within this film and like commentary on tourism culture or do you think it's more just kind of straight up talking about you know nature and horror uh i think tourism culture is definitely in there because at the end of the day these are four people who you know they're they're in their resort when we when we meet them they're not out there kind of experiencing different parts of mexico and looking at like things to see and do they're they're there to have a, a big load of drink a big load of swimming around get messed up and then you know this is their one bit of culture that they're going to go and do and to get there they have to hack through loads of jungle they have to ignore clear signs that they're not supposed to be there and then they end up on top of the ruin because you know they're not listening to these villagers um and this big miscommunication between them like they run away from them and all that sort of thing obviously he does shoot someone in the head so i understand them running away (laughs) but uh uh, there there is this this vibe of it's maybe not so much in this film outright but i do think it's a comment on kind of the entitlement of people in these environments um and you know like these are four white people as well in in an indigenous culture so that's another another comment that's coming from that as well i do think that the those readings are definitely there and they're definitely valid but for me it is the overarching you can't control nature it's not something that can be tamed like these people managed to keep it at bay in this ruin um and you know they've done a lot of work in protecting and and keeping that safe from the rest of the world and then you know four americans bundle in and by the end of the film one of them's taking it out with them so it's 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 a bit of everything but the the nature being killer and uncontrollable and you know invasive and unstoppable i think is the the crux of the the horror for me and i think that's what makes it so frightening isn't it it's almost like that element of horror uh element of nature you can't mm. you can't like you said it's uncontrollable and i think as humans you know that's something that we inherently fear right the things that we can't yeah control in everyday life it's like you know the bane of human existence which is why you know these vines in the film are completely out of control um and as you mentioned as well they've got some really cool design features about them so I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about the mimicking that they do so Mm. they kind of replicate the sounds of of things around them um that freaked me the fuck out like oh, a lot yeah I yeah. don't like that <laughs> oh it is it's proper like it's those birds in the jungle that can talk to you like in human voices isn't it it's it's 
I think the kind of the desperation and the bleakness of the moment where they go into the hole in the middle of the ruin to look around for this phone that they think they can have signal for to to call back home and finding out it is just a bunch of plants luring them to their death with a bunch of other corpses in there. Oh, my God. I think it's such a banger. When I first watched this, though, when I first watched it, I saw the plants doing ringing noises and I was like really plants as phones <laughs> like I just don't think I got it whereas on subsequent rewatches, yeah. I was like oh my god like the power of that the the bleakness again like I feel like that's just the key word of this film like the bleakness the loss of hope that comes from that moment is just so sublime like what are they going to do there's nothing they can do and this is so much smarter than they ever gave it credit for and now it's messing with them as well yeah it's a very smart plan and it's like how would you ever <laughs> yeah outrun that and yeah you know from from the moment and it's kind of weird because obviously they don't at first it takes them a little while to realize that the danger is kind of surrounding them that it's the vines it's the nature um you know and it's not until and I think also you know I think throughout the film until kind of like the cell phone moment um mm. where they really realize like you said you know kind of the power of those plants I think they take them for granted and it ties back into you know talking about kind of like the tourism culture and not having respect yeah. for other places and you know nature and kind of like the natural things around us just I guess trampling <laughs> all yeah. over everything, right? With no shits given. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that kind of comes into play um, again. Like it, it's not like a direct, oh, the the tourists are bad moment, but it is definitely it leans into that culture and can be tied back to that ideal. When they um, they get their their man on a rope and send him down into the ruin. Um, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten the character's name, but he's the uh, Matthias. The Math Matthias, that's it, the Matthias, German guy. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Matthias is put on a rope uh, that's just on top of the ruin and and lowered down, and none of them check it. They're just like, "Yo, let's use this old <laughs> rope and lower this guy down." Like it's just this the kind of uh, the stupid decision making that comes from entitlement again and just like using things around them that they have no knowledge or respect for and being like oh it's fine we'll just crank him down and then he falls from the rope which snaps and breaks his back as a result like it's not like a a minor thing it would have been kinder for him to die from that fall <laughs> it's not a minor thing like they just they just drop him super injured and then the two women's like treatment of him at the bottom of the cave as well ties back into that as well yeah. Because you got Stacey and Amy there saying, we've got to move him, got to get him on a backboard, got to send him back up. And Stacey's there like, oh, I don't want to be down here anymore. It's scary. Like, uh. <laughs> and then they th they chuck him on the backboard when it's too high for them. So they have to lift him off the ground. So they just absolutely mangle the poor man. That crack. Oh, my God. Oh, it is nothing else like it. It's grim, that crack. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I don't oh. like that bit. And, you know, thinking of um, what you're saying about kind of like entitlement and the characters and, and their privilege, it, it really does come across in their characters. Mm. And I think, you know, I found that I didn't particularly like any of them. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, you're all kind of shitty. And whilst I want to cheer, you know, and be like, someone's got to get out of this horrendous mm. situation. At the same time, I never... I never felt sad when mm. they, I think the only person I felt a bit sorry for was uh, Matthias, 
because you know mm. like you said he, he broke his back he wasn't having a good time but the rest of them I found them yeah kind of just arseholes in general <laughs> yeah like but poor Matthias literally the the whole reason for him going there and like him being this tour guide is because he was trying to find his brother like isn't it so like yeah. he actually has yeah he actually has a reason to be there he's not there to ogle he's gone to find his brother who's gone off with another girl who was excavating the place um and now this is what he gets for it a broken back and a bunch of like these people sitting around being like oh god what do we do <laughs> i'm a medical student it's fine like that's not how it works he's no. not even the student yet oh god but no, they are all um, unpleasant. And I think they're all actively unpleasant. Like, I think we're supposed to root for them. Ah, root again. Whoa. Them, <laughs> um, yeah. Supposed to root for them to to not make it through. I think the kind of the treatment of the villagers towards their own people who interact with the vines as well. Like, um, when Amy throws a fistful of vines at a young boy. Oh, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that so is savage. so bad. <laughs> like, not bad. I know. But, oh. <laughs> yeah. But they do exactly the right thing where you're in this situation where you've got a plant that could, you know, cease humankind as we know it. The the guy turns around, uh, one of the, the main villager, shoots the, the boy in the head whilst his mom watches on. And then they're all like, oh, that's sad, but that's what has to be done. And then there's these four guys up there, these four Americans up there like, oh, yeah, but we want to make it out and live. And it's like, you've seen what happens. You've seen what, what needs to be done. Sorry. Yeah, the vines take you. Vines take you, I say. <laughs> That scene is really intense and I didn't mm. I did not see a scene like that coming. Like I'd I'd gathered that it was, you know, like we've said, it's bleak, you know, it's super bleak. I'd kind of mm. gathered that, but I you know, I was like, nah, I wouldn't go there, would it? But I thought it was a really good representation of showing also that, you know, the people in that village, they're not they're not bad people because I think it's so, you know. To the Americans, they immediately just see that, you know, they're they're awful people because they're chasing them. But actually, you know, what they're trying to do is technically protect the world <laughs> yeah, from this, yeah. you know, plant that's going to take over. So, you know, by whilst killing, you know, a kid is, yeah, fucking horrible to watch. Like, they're, they're saving the world single-handedly. It's, it's a mm. great way to show it. Yeah, one hundred percent. They're like the 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 protectors, the these people who are standing guard. They're this like last line between this plant and the rest of the world. It's so crazy saying this plant. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like a really evil. Sounds like Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors when it's actually just a bunch of vines. Um, but it's yeah, it it's it's crazy that they are this last line of defense and and these four people have broached it and now are doing anything they can to get out of it which obviously is understandable the will to survive is is stronger than anything else but also they tried to protect you as well they tried to help you they tried to direct you away and that all the signs were there to not go there and you did anyway so it's a bit it's a bit of a oh oh god it's what they get for being you know not, <laughs> yeah. not listening to the taxi driver who said just don't do that don't go there yeah <laughs> no good yeah and they flash the dollars they're like take us over there <laughs> and that yeah you know they paid for they paid for the the privilege of being infected by vine <laughs> i talking about um the plant and referring to it as you know the plant i have a, a theory for you in terms that I reckon that maybe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, is there a chance that we think that the plant could actually be more like an alien life force that looks similar to to a plant? I think that's 
very much something that it could be because it literally when they're pulling them out of the wounds, when they're pulling the vines out of the wounds, they wriggle, don't they? And like vibrate and kind of be like, yeah. which a plant does not do. A plant doesn't make like phone noises and, and like grow and steal people's flesh as well. <laughs> so I, I do think that it, that it could be that. What's really interesting is kind of how it's stuck to this one ruin and they've managed to salt all the earth around it. So it definitely grows like a plant because the salting is what keeps it in place. But I feel like, you know, that it loves human bodies and can have all of this movement to it definitely fits the alien bill. I think that's a good theory. Well, now I've just thought of a, another theory. <laughs> oh, wanna... my God, she's full of them. Because <laughs> now you said about the, you reminded me of the salting around it. And don't they, when mm. there's like a demon, you salt around the demon <gasps> to keep it within oh. its like place yeah. that resides, right? So maybe it's a demon. I'm going wild. Maybe it's a possessed, <laughs> a big possessed flower. Oh, oh my, my god, god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, to be fair, it's in a Mayan ruin, like a temple kind of yeah. thing, couldn't it? It could be very like old school, brought up that kind of way, that kind of spirits and demons coming from maybe maybe that sort of culture. I I don't know if that's particularly um, ignorant of me, but it could be it could be something from maybe there, and yeah. it's controlling all these plants and growing up that way. Who knows? Oh wow, so many theories, so many thoughts. Oh. <laughs> so I want to talk about some of the nasty scenes with you. Of course you do, because <laughs> <laughs> they are so good in this. The gore, mm. I was like, fuck yes, I needed a gory ass <laughs> movie. I can't remember what I was doing. I think I've been at work all day and I was like, this was the movie I wanted to <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it with my, my partner and he was like, what are we watching? I was like, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so we, obviously this film was released in kind of the torture porn boom era. Um, to me, it feels like it's very much actually kind of capitalising on that moment and tying into it but like with a very different angle which is why I feel like it might have kind of slipped under the radar because I guess if you think of you know normal kind of torture porn films you've got your hostile saw they're very like human focused whereas this obviously puts a very different kind of spin on it um but yeah I when I watched it I was like oh this feels like it really fits into kind of like torture porn with its you know graphic scenes of gore yeah definitely I think you could absolutely find like that scene where Stacy is is peeling her skin off you know you could find that in a torture porn film if it was someone else acting it upon someone whereas this is very it's self-motivated as well like even Matthias when his legs are, are all you know looking unwell there he's deciding to have them cut off and it's not so much like a nasty thing happening to him as something that's going to save his life it's it's the it's the how far will you go to survive thing again it's surviving the unsurvivable um instead of being put through your paces as to how much you can take it's like how much will you take to to get out um which i guess is the same sort of vibe as torture torture porn stuff as well but it's definitely got that same motivating factor of if you can get through all this you'll get out but without the promise of it at the end because nobody is coming for them besides the poor Greek guys who definitely are not making out of there alive either. No, they would join the pile of uh, decomposing or half-eaten bodies at the top of the ruins. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I would be excited to see a ruins too with just a little bit of a little bit of insight into what happened to them. But yeah, I think it's very good that it's a standalone film as well, upon like on saying that, just because I don't think it needs explaining. I think that you can have theories like, is it an alien? Is it a demon? Like, is it just a really savage plant? What happens to these people and what happens at the end? I think having all those questions remain makes it far stronger as a film and as like the the torture porn kind of side of it as well. It leaves your imagination going as to what could be happening afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess so many of these, you know, whilst I love a lot of the gory films, so many of them lack like a, a good narrative and kind of like mm. a story that you can get behind and, and keeps, you know, you entertained for the full, you know, whatever, an hour and a half. Because some of them are, you're just watching people get tortured and no one really says yeah. much. Whereas, you know, the good thing about the ruins is there's pretty good, you know, dialogue, narrative, like all of it is well thought mm. out. Um, which why, you know, which makes it why you, when you watch a f uh, scene, like the amputation of the legs, yeah. which I was like, that scene is absolutely horrific. It is Ugh, nasty. Nails, like, <laughs> oh, the, it, it, the thing that gets me, it's not so much him having his legs cut off which is obviously mm. horrible. It, oh, it's just when he's like, we need to break the bone first and then gets a massive rock and is like, okay, let's go. Um, and then gives him a bit of belt to bite on. It, it's the afterwards. It's like, yes, they've cut off his legs. Like, he's broken his back. They've cut off his legs because they were having a bit of sepsis and necrosis and were going to infect him and kill him. So this guy, this poor guy, literally, he's paralyzed from the waist down, but can still feel everything happening to him, which they don't realize until they start <laughs> cutting into his legs. And then he's lying there and the plants come and take him afterwards as well. It's like growing up him and he's, oh God, it's that bit afterwards that gets me. It's like he's been through so much and he's still going to get planted as well. Right. Poor thing. And I just, I, I found that this bit with Jeff, I was like, it seems like, and I know there's obviously like a lot of psychological elements of like the survival mm. horror and, you know, it kind of like playing into your mind and you've got the plants also like mimicking shit. So I'm sure everyone's going a little delirious, but like Jeff seems to just switch in that moment and be like, right, mm. let's cut off his legs. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they also decide to do it when they pulled out that rock, I was like, yeah, nah, oh. they're not going to do it with the rock, <laughs> are they? And then, yeah. Yeah, they're going to go for yeah. blunt force trauma to the legs, which, yeah, seems awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Proper little horrible strips at the end where it's all mashed up. No, I, um, yeah, Jeff's whole character is very, like, he wants to be in control. He wants to be in charge, but he's very aggressive with it. And he doesn't quite understand that, like, him thinking that he knows everything is isn't really helping a lot of the time like I feel like his approach to everything is very clinical like in this this medical profession that he wants to take on but nothing he does particularly helps it just stresses everyone out more uh but like even the way that he tries to conserve water is being like you stupid idiots do you realize we need loads of water to live instead of being like here's the calm way of explaining it like it feels like he has a control freak moment instead of actually being compassionate which i think makes mm. it a stronger film because it's a believable trait for someone to have to just fully go into you need to listen to me i'm in charge even if they are being a bit of a dick about it yeah jeff is a bit of a dick but 
I mean, I can't, I, I guess I can kind of understand, like, I guess yeah. in those situations, like you said, you know, it's kind of fight or flight, isn't it? You're either mm. going to be freaking out about it or you might just kind of completely, it's almost like he shut that shuts down just to be like, okay, this is the only way out of it. And in a strange way, you know, he is constantly kind of trying to make sure that Amy survives, you know, towards the end mm. of the film, he's, you know, sacrifices himself so that she can be the one that has a chance at escaping so it's kind of like deep down Jeff's got good intentions but I feel like you know after you've amputated someone's legs you do become kind of become the bad guy of the group oh my god well to be fair I think you know Matthias agreed to it. He he did it as cleanly as possible. <laughs> oh my god, the cauterizing with the frying pan as well. Disgusting. Like <laughs> you're giggling like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like, you know, I feel like I don't think he's the bad guy for doing it. Um but uh, yeah, you can't really look at him in a in a more oh, I don't know, it's like do you trust him more or less because he's he's the one to do the hard stuff. Um and it's just that he did all this and he got to this point and then he has Eric being like come on guys let's just run away (laughs) says no 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 Eric and and Stacey die as a result and then he's like okay yeah I'll let Amy do the running (laughs) it's like man you could have done this like two characters ago and everyone could have got out if you're going to be Mr. In Control like listen as well yeah listen to them you know don't just go around cutting people's legs off but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. One of the other scenes are uh, very graphic scenes actually which I thought could I mean it's quite triggering in its own ways. Obviously um when Stacy is I mean there's a couple of scenes with her where she's you know convinced there are vines um in her legs which there are um and yeah. she pulls out oh it's it's so grim again it's like yeah. I actually feel like there's some really good body horror in this um mm. and when Stacy kind of pulls out that original vine from her leg when they're inside the tent it really got my it's like you know when you're pulling out um like a splinter or something it makes you feel yeah. sick and when I was a kid I watched this show where you know you get like ringworms under your skin oh. And I watched yeah. a show and they were pulling one out. So when I watched yeah. this, I was like, wow, I have PTSD from that show because this scene is, <laughs> is reminding me of it a lot. <laughs> uh, there's a brilliant scene in, in Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe as well where he gets a tapeworm in his forehead. Oh, have you seen it? No. Oh, yeah, basically he has this massive mound on his head um and he realizes it's like moving and he's like oh god so he doesn't really say anything he just kind of takes the knife cuts it and pulls out this this massive like worm from his head and drops it in a pot oh and my it's god, wriggling no. and, and it's just like the ruins like that kind of draw between the two is is totally there and he has to squeeze all of this congealed blood out of the wound <laughs> it's so rank but like after see i saw that quite recently and then going back to the ruins I was like oh here's another person pulling out horrible festering things from their wounds it's kind of like Blair Witch 2016 as well where she pulls that nasty out of her foot yes um and again the evil dead as well like obviously that's the evil vine eat your heart out moment isn't it so it kind of draws into all of these other horror points and all of these other things that kind of have real living things within you and makes it even worse 
Yeah, and I think you used the word earlier, invading, and I'm thinking mm. back to that because it's absolutely true. It's like invading our personal space. And I guess if you're in a landscape, like in the ruins or the Blair Witch Project, like you can't escape nature. Like it's what you're stood on the yeah. ground of. Like there's literally no way to get away from it, which is, yeah, you can run and you can run, but the ground is still the ground, isn't it? Yeah. And if you've got a vine in your arm, then that's coming with you as well. It doesn't matter how far you run. Uh, but yeah, that scene of of um, of Stacey kind of trying to cut the own, her own vines out where she you, you see her wake up in the tent when everyone's asleep and you're like, oh my God, I know what she's going to do because she's been asking for them to cut more vines out of her. Mm. And then they all wake up, come outside and she stood there in her underwear with these slashes all over her, peeling her thighs back to try and get at the vines in there. It's uh, I, I, oh god, and that's well, that's when she kills Eric as well. Turns around, stabs yeah. him in the chest, um, because she's holding a knife, freaks out, turns around too fast, and just has him. Um, as much as that is desperately sad, I hate it in films where I hate it in horror films where someone kills the person that they love because they've been fooled. I hate, I hate it. I think it happens in Oculus as well, like where someone just gets absolutely done. Um, because they've they've been they've been tricked and she's just like in her own head doesn't realize turns around and stabs him like it's desperately sad but also it's a moment where you're like thank god he's dead and not hard by the vines you know like in a nice way i'm like at least he hasn't been eaten alive or sucked into the hole and chewed up or had his back broken and taken by the vines down into the depths like oh it was actually a bit of a relief yeah and that stacy then is like okay that's the end for me. And you can see the roots in her forehead swishling round and upper arms. You're like, what a horrible way to go. You would just want to be able to choose on your own terms. Yeah, he definitely gets the best kill out of everyone. Cause mm. I would I would much rather be stabbed yeah. than deal with the the vines. And you're right, it is actually I find it I found it a very like distressing scene, very sad. Mm. Um, because like you said, you know, I I find that also really frightening that like accidentally tricked into or or even just accident you know you turn around yeah. and you you know I've thought about you getting the knives out the drawer you're like what if I accidentally you know yeah. turned around it's it's quite a scary thought because it'd be like you know within a moment gone and obviously you know seeing Stacy in that kind of head headspace as well where she's mm. so desperate to be you know rid of the vines which would be I mean I think any of us would be like let's get this out mm. of my skin yeah. um but I really felt like it was the point and this is throughout the film as well where we start to see kind of like it's more than just you know the immediate horror that they're they're going through it's also the fact that they're becoming you know quite delirious um they're coming mm. violent maybe they're you know the decisions they're making are quite brash um they also start to get jealous you know uh, Stacy thinks that Amy um and Eric are having sex at one point like there's a lot of um I guess psychological factors really coming into play yeah. and I think you know that for me was the part that made it so bleak and kind of like hopeless by the end of it because I was like I really don't see that there's any way out yeah. of this for any of them 
Yeah, one bottle of water between four people as well. Like, you know that they've got, like, dehydration, they're going a bit crazy. They've got, like, one little bit of food that they're trying to pass around that's been left over by the other campers. Like, yeah, it's the the, the delirium, the the onset of just not being able to control themselves or what they're thinking or what they're doing and then having the plants mimic that back to them as well. Like, you don't know if, if Stacy is imagining the sex between her friends or whether the plants told her, like they whispered it to her maybe, like you don't know if they're, they're playing with her. Um, that moment when she's, she's saying, kill me, and you hear the plants being like, like, oh man, you're just like, guys, plants, please, let them have a moment. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, the plants are constantly teasing them and tricking mm. them, and um, I guess it kind of makes them even more... I guess that's why I kind of started going down that alien route because I was like, it feels yeah. like they have, uh, like you know, kind of a mind, and it's not necessarily they're just killing for the purpose of killing because you know the fact that they go to they the fact that they play with their food is not very much like you know a plant's kind of nature because I guess the immediate thing you can think of with the plant is that they're similar to like a Venus flytrap. But obviously, with the tricking, et cetera, it feels like maybe, yeah, they've got a little brain in there that's doing their yeah. <laughs> doing something. Yeah, It does feel like there's, there's, there's a little bit of sentience. Like, you don't know what they're up to. You don't know what they could be capable of next since they keep pulling tricks out the bag as well. Like, okay, they can break off and infect people. Okay, their, their plants, uh, their flowers can, can mimic noises. Okay, they can crawl out and take the corpses and pull them back into the bushes like you're expecting one to like stand up on on two <laughs> little vine legs and come walking out at one point like that that sense of like unsurety as well I think plays really into the horror because it's like what are these capable of what are they capable of because you still don't know by the end of the film no you don't and talking about the end of the film um so there are a couple of endings as you mentioned earlier to this film so mm. there is the theatrical one that leaves us with a, a shimmer of hope for Amy, yeah. who I guess kind of becomes our, our final girl um, in this film, in a sense. And then there is the other um, ending, which was the one that I saw in which we see mm. Amy um, drive away in the car. And then we see kind of like, looks like little one of the vines in her forehead so very jungle-esque as you <laughs> mentioned with the tapeworm yeah. um and then we see her grave um and on that grave oh and we also see the greek guys um yeah. heading to the mayan ruin and then we see her grave and on her grave is the vines um growing i want to know what your thoughts are on the alternative endings Oh, I love them. Like I, I, I much prefer them to the one that I saw, which is just she drives away. Like that, um, not annoyed me, but I was like, come on! Like she's definitely infected. She's definitely been to the thing. The whole implication of this is that it's going to be a terrible, brutal <laughs> ending because she's either going to take all of these vines back with her and infect a whole new populace, or you know, or she's got to go. Like there's there's nothing that that's going to work here. Um, so when, when kind of nothing came of that, I was like, okay, fair enough. Like they're leaving it up to, to your imagination, what happens to her. Maybe she can get help. There is that bit of hope there. The alternate endings take that away, which I really like. It's like the descent, uh, like the, the proper ending of the descent, you know, where, 
uh, she imagines her, her freedom and then and then comes back down to yeah. reality where she's still in the caves. It's like it's the reality of that moment. It's the there is no hope. She is infected and, you know, you bury her in the ground. Things are going to grow out of her. And this caretaker comes over, picks the flower, touches it. And you know that it's going to spread even further then because that's what this plant does. And there's no amount of hope or kindness or wishing that's going to change that. I love a bleak ending. I love a, a no hope ending. This was, I would, this was, so, that was so much. I watched it afterwards. I was like, that's the one I wanted. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> we like the, uh, we like the depressing, you know, go to sleep yeah. and be like, well, that's, that's that then everything's shit. <laughs> ending that's that's the good stuff right <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's what I watch horror for just complete absolute existential dread oh. I literally do I mean that's the thing like when I watch a horror film and it has a happy ending I'm like well no that's not realistic because life is mean so yeah. no one would survive there's not final girls <laughs> there's not final boys there's not anyone final there's just yeah. death and decay and that's it which yeah. is yeah that's what we get in this one <laughs> yeah for sure for sure I do like that the um the end that like that ending just doubles down on it as well it's like oh no not only has Amy died but you know <laughs> it's now going everywhere and also the Greek guys are dead because they've gone to the the thing as well nobody's safe <laughs> <laughs> nobody is safe um so what are your final thoughts on this film? And if anyone listening still hasn't got a reason to watch this film, which, I mean, we just sold it, right? Um, why should they go and watch it? Uh, I just think it's a really, like you say, it's a bit of a slept on, uh, nasty little 2008 horror that feels very of its time, but still... Like, it's still heavy hitter. It's still a heavy hitter. The gore in it is really well done. It's sparsely put throughout, as in you're not going to be seeing, like, blood and guts all the time, but you are going to be hearing bone cracking. You are going to be imagining what is happening to these people. It's got this, like, nasty sensibility about it, which I think is brave and nice. I love a... Well, not nice, but you know what I mean. I like it. Uh, it's. I think it's brave to do to have a really, like, nasty, downbeat kind of film. Um, I, I, just, I just really like it. It's one that I think about a lot, like I've said before, and I think that kind of... Something we haven't really spoke about, but maybe is a bit personal to me with this film, is um, I just... I, I really struggle with, like, summer and, like, it being sunny. It's when my mental health is absolutely at its worst. And this film feels so cathartic as something you can watch that kind of taps into that where it is beautiful daytime. They're in this idyllic Mexican setting. They're on holiday. They're having the time of their life. And then everything just goes to hell. They're on top of this, this mine ruin and everything goes terribly. They feel awful. Everything is awful. They're surrounded by death and decay. And I'm like, oh, very good. <laughs> a very nice, uh, a very nice parallel. Um, I just think it, it kind of taps into that. Everything can be sunny and gorgeous and beautiful and you, you can be on holiday with all of your best friends, but there's still this kind of like rot and decay underneath that that's there. Um, and this plant thrives on it and grows from it of all of these skeletal corpses and stuff and grows into something new. And maybe that's beautiful in itself, but it's very cruel and horrible in the meantime. I feel like I'm getting very philosophical. I just like the ruins. It's good. <laughs> I I was like in awe when you were talking. I was like, yeah, this is how I feel. I was like, <laughs> you just described it, like, but um, yeah, no, I think your point there, just on kind of like mental health and thinking about like when everything 
as a you know because I was started thinking then when you were talking as well about like midsummer and how you know yeah. it's like everything on the outside is sunshine and daisies but like on the inside there can be something you know kind of at the center of it which is much darker that was sick I was, when you said that I was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I just think there's something about sunshine horror like midsummer and uh, the noonday witch I think is one of them and ruins that you don't you just don't you don't see it all the time I really like it when you can feel fear and desperation and nastiness when everything is sunny because it's just it's it that that juxtaposition is is very well done well the the sun is out this Saturday it's coming so you know everyone that is listening I guess you know perfect excuse to to watch yeah. the ruins and find a cathartic watch because yeah um just to mimic everything you said there Ash I think <laughs> <laughs> I also think the ruins is yeah really really good very nasty bleak but also fun in its um bleakness in some yeah some way so thank you so much ash for joining me today um to look at natural horror within the ruins what projects are you currently working on is there anything you would like to plug and where can people find you yeah sure well thank you so much for having me i've had a blast chatting the ruins um projects it's always playstation access you can catch me over there talking about spooky games um you can come and hang out on twitch which is just ash millman um and my socials are twitter and instagram which is also ash millman as well if you just search me up you'll find me and i'm always talking about horror in some capacity so all of the, the, the spooky fam <laughs> can come and join in. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's me. Well, thank you again. And I just want to give a quick shout out to some of our members and say a big thank you for continuing to support us. So thank you to Michelle, Torrell, Anne, Christopher, Michael, Janine, Neil, Nicole, Liz and Joe. If you like what you hear, please give us a like, subscribe and rating on whichever platform you are listening to. If you want more Ghouls podcast episodes, you can become a Ghouls member for just $4.99 a month. You can check the show notes or head to ghoulsmagazine.com. You can also find us at Ghouls Mag on all of your fave social media channels. I have been your host and until next time, keep it ghoulish.